Hi, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. So what bring, you know, your moment, it's not a normal moment because normally, like I, I said off air to you, I normally ask people about their moment ahead of time, but yours kind of is a lifelong journey. You, you started out with a certain body type when you were younger. I you, did. And you kind of realized that you were a little different than everybody else? Than most people, yeah. And, and I, I guess nowadays I realize I'm not that much different because as I came to understand body type, um, the world is full of people who aren't the standard human body that when you go and see your doctor, that they are judging you by. Um, but it, until I started my research, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. So every time I would go in and see my doctor, because I was such an active kid, I was always well within my safety and my weight range. So I was normal. Um, but I had skinny fat all over my body. Uh, and as a young kid, it's hard to say, well, you must have you know, starved your body when you were losing weight and you lost muscle mass when you were losing weight. When even then, even you know, one of the things that I get from a, a lot of people especially um, pro fitness people and dietitians is, well, you know, when you lose weight, the body, it will consume muscle and muscle mass. And the science really doesn't back that up for anyone under the age of 40. So what the science says is that if you <clears throat> lose weight safely, and you're not starving your, your body, the body will always burn fat and calories consumed first. So whenever I would go and see my doctor, again, starting around age eight, uh, I would ask, hey, where's all the muscle and muscle mass that when I look at any standard scientific human body anatomy book body type one image found in any scientifically approved human body anatomy book, there's this image that everyone can see in their mind's eye that has all the muscle and muscle mass fully developed. And my body didn't have all that muscle and muscle mass. And when I was eight, the doctors would say, well, just give us some time and you'll grow and the muscle will grow. Well, 10, 12 hit and puberty hit and more fat grew and there wasn't the muscle and muscle mass. And I had to quit sports. I tried uh, switching from soccer, which I was great at when I was young, but as I grew, because I had all this fat on my body and I didn't have the muscle, I couldn't run as fast and I couldn't, I just couldn't compete with all of the other players out in the field. And I worked extremely hard. I was out doing uh, jogging daily and I even started lifting weights early, yada, yada. And I, I just, I had this skinny fat all over my body. Um, and so Nowadays, I have a better sense of it, but then it was just really frustrating because there was no answer for it because I was always within my safe being my weight range. It was normal. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll sort of pause here and see if I'm making any sense and if you have any questions for me. No, you're making total sense. And, and from, my own, from my own knowledge, and I'm not, this isn't really talking about weight. This is talking about a thyroid issue, which it deals with weight. Um, the doctors, they run a blood test. And if you are in normal parameters, then you're fine. 
we're not going to run the full panel because your two basic tests say you're normal. However, if your other ones say you're abnormal, well, we haven't diagnosed that and you'll live with this for years and wonder what's going on. So I get the whole, this is normal for you. And it's like, but is it, it's not really normal. And I'm not knocking the medical field. I'm not. It's just one of of those things where it's like, just like school, not everybody learns the same. We're not all, we're individuals and we're made to be individuals, but yet certain parameters in our structure, structured society creates us to be like everybody else, or they want us to be like everybody else. And that's not the way our body was made. It is most certainly not. And I have never been diagnosed with any hormone issues. I have never been diagnosed with any syndrome like Poland syndrome, where, you know, half of the body is, is lacking muscle mass relative to the other. I've never been diagnosed with anything like that ever. And yet, again, from age eight and on, I, I have lacked muscle and muscle mass all over my body. And nobody in my family, no one that has ever known me has ever disputed the fact that I was a skinny, scrawny, weak kid. I was an easy target for bullies because I had no muscle or muscle mass on my body. And according to mainstream science and medical doctors, everyone is born to a body type one, everyone. And the only reason that you're not a body type one is because you're eating too many calories daily above your BMR, which is why you have excess fat on your body. And as soon as you lose that fat weight and get down within your safe BMI, you're a body type one. That's simply not true. And yet, as I sit here now, uh, it has been an an extreme uphill battle trying to get people to understand, especially young people, is if you're out on social media and you see all the nonsense that's happening out there with all all the fake and photoshopped and filtered images and just all the unscientific nonsense that is being thrown around, they don't understand that there are different body types. And so I didn't understand that either. When I was looking for answers, uh, I, I, I looked at the endomorph, ectomorph, and mesomorph body types, which are total nonsense. There's no science behind them whatsoever. They're total arbitrary, subjective nonsense. Same with the hormone body types. Again, I've never in my entire life been diagnosed with any hormone issue whatsoever. We have hundreds of body type of scientific type quizzes up on our site and many of them are the same thing they are 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 people who are not a biotype one they're biotype two three or four who have never been diagnosed with a hormone issue of any kind whatsoever yet you have out on the internet and even doctors who are pushing these hormone body types which if the hormone body types were true then that means that anyone who was dealing with a non-bi-type 1 bi-type like myself would have been diagnosed with a hormone issue like you have been diagnosed with, right? Well, well, well let, let's, but let's be clear about something. Yes, a thyroid issue is a hormone issue. However, when it goes to checking your very normal, your regular hormone issues, you get passed around. Because the primary care doctor is like, well, you really should go see this doctor. And the other doctor says, well, I'm not sure about this. And then if you do that, then you have to do it on this day. So it's, it, it's, it's not just it, thyroid. Yes, it's a hormone. But then when you start unpacking all the other possibilities of it, it's like nobody wants to really hammer home what's going on. Right. And so, so 
the term skinny fat is a relatively new term. It's, it's only been around now for the last decade, and it's still a, a rather gray term in terms of science and, and, uh, and the medical field. But from our point of view, skinny fat is cellulite, loose skin, saggy skin, thin fat, crepey skin, and normal weight obesity. And uh, it's an important term now because anyone like myself who is within their safe BMI weight range but still has fat where there should be muscle and muscle mass, they are dealing with skinny fat. And so if you have skinny fat when you are within your safe BMI weight range, including normal weight obesity, you have the same general risks as if you had obesity. So skinny fat is a big deal, and yet it's still something that in any of the scientific studies that you find up online that talk about, we did this scientific study on these obese people, and we showed that they lost their fat weight, but then in, in the process, they also lost muscle and muscle mass. Well, what they really lost was the muscle and the muscle mass that the body itself had created to help carry all the extra fat weight. And then when all that extra fat weight was gone, then it burned off all the poor quality muscle and muscle mass that it had built to help carry all that weight. So we have studies like that. And we, I still have professionals who are referencing those studies saying, see, I told you that the, that the body burns muscle and muscle mass during, during weight loss. Well, not really. I mean, it did, but it wasn't default body mass that was already on your body from day one. It was muscle mass that was added to help carry all that extra fat weight. And it's the same thing with so many other studies that they talked about lean mass versus non-lean mass. Well, what does that mean? Right now, if I look at my Apple health app, because I'm well within my safe BMI weight range, it says I have so much lean body mass, but I don't. I still have skinny fat on my body and it is most certainly not lean. But according to all these studies and all these apps, skinny fat is being included in that in terms of lean body mass. And it is most certainly not lean body mass. Um, so is that making sense? Yes. Yes. And you know, you referred to the BMI several times and, and I've heard, you know, in the last few years that the BMI was never meant to be used how we use it nowadays. Right. Right. But yet, yeah. you know, here's a, and, and this was something I saw on TikTok the other day and it was a woman, I don't troll TikTok very often, but there was this woman talking about how she was a healthcare provider, a nurse, and that she had had two patients come in that were overweight. And one of them said, well, the reason you're overweight is because you're fat. And the only way you're going to get rid of it is have bariatric surgery. And the other one just basically said, well, you're obese and you're going to be obese. There was no, no compassion, nothing. And it's yeah. like, just because somebody is overweight does not mean there's not a health issue. That doesn't mean that their body type, like you're talking about, is going to fit those normal parameters. And if the BMI is not really meant to be the end all be all, why has it become that? Well said. So let's talk about the three mainstream science and medical doctors by type standards. Um, so the, the first standard is the standard by type one, the standard scientific human body anatomy book by type one that you find in any standard scientifically approved human body anatomy book. Again, it's that image in your mind eye with the human body and all the muscles and muscle mass are fully 
developed. That is the image that when you go and see your doctor, when anyone goes and sees their doctor, that is what your body is being judged by. Yeah, we know is that it is a scientific fact, a genetic fact that any part of the human body can be underdeveloped to whatever de degree. That includes muscle and muscle mass. So that is the first standard and why it's not accurate. The second standard is the body mass index. It, it, it became the standard in 1985, albeit it's been around since, since the 1800s, but it is not accurate because one, it does not take into account skinny fat. It does not calculate in any skinny fat whatsoever. So again, if you're someone like me who is within their safe BMI weight range, but I'm lacking muscle and muscle mass, I have skinny fat in place of that because of my genetics, yet that's not being calculated in. Um, and that so the another reason why the BMI is not accurate is because it is very possible to have excess muscle mass on your body, like Dwayne Johnson, the, the rock. That dude's all muscle. If you were to run his BMI, he, he, he likely would fall into the overweight or obese columns of his BMI, but he's most certainly neither of those things. So that is the second standard and why it is not accurate. And there are likely other reasons why, but that's good enough for the time being. The third standard is the basal metabolic rate. BMR. That is the number of calories daily that your specific body requires just to function. And that standard is not accurate because it too does not take into account skinny fat. Science recognizes that one pound of muscle mass burns six calories daily. One pound of skinny fat or fat only burns two to three calories daily. So if you are dealing with skinny fat on your body like me, then you, then your body is burning less calories daily than what your BMR says that it is. Thus, you don't need as many calories as your scientifically calculated BMR says that you need. So those are the three body type standards that mainstream science and medical doctors use and why they are not accurate. Um, I'll sort of pause here and see if I'm making sense. You're making total sense. And, I, and to add to this is you also have to look at the genetic makeup of people that you're not going to have the same body type. I mean, I have German heritage in me, so I am broad shouldered, narrow hip. That's not normal for a woman. A woman's supposed to have childbearing hips, you know? So that's what I'm saying. You don't look at, when we look at some, at this chart, we're not looking and going, well, wait a second. When somebody says big boned, everybody's like, oh, that just means you're fat. No, right. it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> but nobody sees that. I mean, the 80s was a blessing because shoulder pads were great for me, but I already looked like a linebacker beforehand. But right. the fact is, people are big boned. People are, we give people that are petite a pass. We can recognize right. petite, but larger boned people, you don't. And then we don't take that into consideration with the weight charts. And that is the importance of genetics, right? Because it really is your genes. And yet, as you just said, these charts and these calculations are not taking into account such things. And I'm not, I'm not knocking no, our I scientific know. standards I know. right now. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm truly not. I just, they are not accurate and they need to be made better. And that's what we're working on doing is making them better. So exactly. we're bringing forward the science so that, the, so that everyone can understand their body type. They can accept their body type for what it is. We can stop all this nonsense up on uh, social media in general, where there's this ideal body type and everyone has to meet that ideal body type. And if you don't, then you're, you know, then you're not 
good enough, quote unquote, and it's all nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I get it. I, I would love to have a by type one. I would love to be, you know, the David Beckham who gets all of the hot women. Yeah, but that wasn't me. And that's not many people. And we have to come to terms with who we are, what our biotype is in terms of our genetics, then find the best diet, exercise, and lifestyle for our specific biotype so that we can be truly healthy in the short and long term. That's the goal of our science. That's what we are doing. So how are we doing that? Well, when I was trying to figure this out, I when I was in in high school, I started lifting weights. I worked extremely hard to, to add muscle and, and muscle mass to my body. And no matter what I did, it was just nearly impossible because I had so much skinny fat on my body. And obesity is common in our family. So when I got to college, I was hanging out with a group of friends and they were all body type ones. They were all muscle and they were all ripped. And I was determined to figure out what's going on. So I followed their diet. I followed their exercise routine and I did all their supplements and I did everything that they were doing. And I watched my body go from being a sparrow's chest to a raven's chest, just a larger bird chest with skinny fat still all over me, no matter how hard I worked. And they just got more and more ripped and just more bulked up. And I was just beyond frustrated at that point. And that is when I left college, I took a job in the short term at CU Boulder doing scientific research. And I realized rather quickly, I didn't want to work for anyone else. So I opened up Fellow One Research and I've been doing the biotype science ever since. And what we found is that if we look at the body from a, just a logical and reasonable point of view, we know that the that the structure and the scaffolding of the human body is the bones and the spine and, and the, the vertebrae, no less. But if we look at those vertebrae and, and we understand that scientifically, ge, genetically, that it is a fact that every vertebra houses a specific set of muscles. And again, it is a scientific fact that any muscle can be under De- de- developed, we know that that directly affects our posture and our metabolism. So we broke down our biotypes relative to that structure and the vertebrae in the back because we know that there are 26 vertebrae. Uh, there are seven cervical, 12 thoracic, five lumbar, one coccyx, and one sacrum. Yeah sacrum and then coccyx. But we broke it down into a biotype one is just a, a biotype one. It is that image that you see again in, in any scientific uh, 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 anatomy book, excuse me, and that is a biotype one and it just is what it is. Biotype two has one to eight underdeveloped vertebrae in terms of muscle and muscle mass. And in place of that under deep developed muscle and muscle mass is skinny fat. A biotype three is nine to 17 and a biotype four is 18 to 26. And that's how we broke down our biotype so that we could start to scientifically understand, you know, it, with your type of uh, biotype, it sounds like you might be a biotype three. Um, I, I wouldn't know for, right. for sure unless you took the actual scientific biotype quiz, but that's what it sounds like. And there's a reason why your body is that way. It is your genetics. And that is our breakdown of how we came to our four body types. 
And I agree. I mean, a lot has to do with, I can look at a picture of my great grandmother and yeah, I have a lot of her body type, you know, and no matter what you do, it's like, that's one thing. Cause I lost my mom at an early age, but, and when you lose your parents at an early age, you don't look at their medical history. You don't really dig deep. And it's like, darn, I wish I would have done that because <laughs> she yeah. was in her forties. And that would have given me a, a heads up of what could be the case, but we don't really we're not taught to look at our parents genetically. Yes, it's a question every time you go to the doctor, but we don't fully get all that history from them because a lot of the times they don't want to share that history. Well said. I, I know that my parents didn't. And when I first approached them around age 10 and actually asked them about all this weird fat and skinny fat all over my, my body, to them it was just normal because, again, obesity is normal in our family. And so they didn't see anything wrong with it. They didn't, see it. it was just normal, but it's not normal. Um, but it is important to understand that ob obesity is not just folks being lazy and eating too much. There is definitely that, that actual quality or those are definitely variables in in play here but there are people like me who have worked very hard my entire life to be within my safe bmi weight range i haven't been you know lazy or eating too much and yet i've dealt with normal weight obesity my entire life and that literally carries with it the same general risks as obesity because i have too much fat on my body even when i'm within my safe bmi weight range so what science and doctors are starting to wake up to. There was a nice letter from a doctor from Emory University uh, in, on Yahoo the, the other day. And it was an open apology to all the folks like me who, you know, who doctors basically poo-pooed and they would simply say, you know, if you have uh, problems with too much fat on your body, even when you're within your safe BMI, you must be somehow cheating on your diet, exercise, or lifestyle. It's somehow your fault. It can't have anything to actually do with your ge genetics or such because we just don't see it that way when that's exactly what it has to do with. And doctors are just starting to wake up to what we have known here at Fellow One Research since no less than 2003. And yet, as I sit here now, it's still a arduous uphill battle trying to get folks to understand that your body type matters, your scientific body type matters. Understanding the skinny fat on it matters because where you have skinny fat, you will likely have tendencies to put on fat weight very easily, which obviously will affect your diet, exercise, and lifestyle, yada, yada. It all, it all affects each other and it all matters. And yet again, doctors and, and scientists are just starting to wake up to these truths uh, and they're stopping blaming their actual patients for either being lazy or just not working hard enough when if that's not the case. So uh, hopefully it gets better, but that's what our science is trying to actually do is bring that knowledge forward so that we can stop all of the nonsense and actually help people get healthy. Well, and that, that's an important thing. And when you look at the, our diets in, this, in the United States, we, we are tended, 
fast food has become very much the norm and very easy to deal with. And it's cheaper than going to the grocery store. So how do you argue that, well, you know, maybe if you were eating healthier, well, if you can't afford to feed your family by eating healthy, and I'm not saying that that I haven't had fast food in two years, but it still doesn't mean that you're going to be a hundred percent healthy. And it's still, you still have to make good choices at the grocery store and between food deserts and some of the stuff that we put in our food supply, that's not allowed in Europe, there's questionable resources for how healthy we can truly be if our food, food supply is not good. Amen. And that is a gigantic worry on our part is uh, right now, none of the, Corporations that are peddling the fast junk and processed foods are paying any consequences. There's no tax for that nonsense, even though we tax cigarettes and alcohol and all the other things that we know damage the, the human body and, and human health. We know for a fact now that these fast processed and junk foods all damage the human body. It is common. It is regular. It is, most people are, are, are eating it every day. And I would actually argue with you that that fast food is cheaper. So I hadn't eaten any fast food in like a decade. And just to break my fast food fast and just to go and see what it was all about, I went down to Wendy's the other day and I got a single, a Dave single. And it was $6.18 with tax, just the Dave single burger. But did you get, see, here's the thing. If you go on there, budget menu right <laughs> which is coke and, and fries right and they, fri- yeah the, the smallest burger you could possibly get right and so what you're really getting is is the smallest burger possible which is mostly bun mm-hmm. and you know, other sugar nonsense which is the ketchup and the, all of it's just basically sugar and then the fries which is basically just sugar and then the soda which is basically just sugar yeah. right it's all just sugar it's all just really um high glycemic index carbohydrates, which is what is driving the obesity epidemic. It's what's driving folks to not be able to actually lose weight because it's all just terrible for the body in general. If we could educate folks, I can go down to, to Trader Joe's and I can get a pound of grass-fed organic uh, ground meat for $7.49, right? So basically for the same amount as that one burger at Wendy's, which was probably not even a quarter pound of meat and all the rest of it was sugar nonsense, I can get a pound of really high quality meat and then make a really good meal out of that. So I'm not saying that that's necessarily uh, inexpensive because I know that you can get non-grass-fed and non-organic meat for like five bucks or even cheaper. But it's it's not as healthy. And I I get get what you're saying. My my point was, if they're hitting the budget menu, and, and I'm going to be honest, I, my very first job was at McDonald's and we didn't take credit cards. We had one window. That was it. You know, there was not the big hoopla and you can see how, as this epidemic has grown, how now we take credit cards. Now we have the lane split. Now we have automation doing half the job that the worker was doing beforehand. Right. And it's, <laughs> and, and, I live in a small town and we have now have a Burger King. We have a Culver's, which is a upscale burger joint. <laughs> and we have a McDonald's. And I guarantee you that there is a line to for people wanting to get into McDonald's almost every day. And I'm just yeah. like, and we have a two lane road with a turn lane. And it's like, 
how do how, two lane highway with a turn lane how do you have this line going into mcdonald's right it's right. not good especially if you walk away from there don't have it for a while and you go back <laughs> well, you know so it's not a hard fix either the 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 easiest way to fix this is to apply a healthcare tax to any of this type of food, right? Because then when you go in and you buy that food, you're already paying your healthcare and everyone's already paying that healthcare. So when you do get sick, when you do get obese and you get diabetes and you get heart disease and all the other things that come with eating such terrible food, at least you've already paid your your healthcare insurance. It should be the same thing for you know anything that is sugar food. There was a, a, a sugar tax on the ballot here recently in Santa Fe, and it was voted down handily because people were furious that you wanted to tax their sugary drinks. Yet, it, when you looked at the images of most of the folks down on the plaza or at the actual roundhouse who were who were protesting it, most of them were obese people, right? And so, I believe in being an uh, American and being free and making your own choices and living your life as you want. But I also believe in being responsible and there being consequences to the to your actions. So, if we're going to sell all this food then there should be a consequence to it. And that should be a, a simple healthcare tax that you're always paying every time you go and buy something. And it just goes into a healthcare fund so that you know, we can at least help you know, cover the outrageous healthcare tax in our broken healthcare system right now that nobody can really uh, afford. It doesn't really help anyone because you yada, yada, yada. So uh, hopefully we wake up as uh, citizens and our government wakes up, but that's not likely because we both know that up on Capitol Hill, there's the lobbyists and all the folks who, you know, have all of the power and they don't want to pay a healthcare tax on their food because that will raise the actual price although, of their food. Like the, although, although it might have its benefits because then it's something else they can go raid. Right. But right. I was going to say, you know, we're, <laughs> we're talking about eating healthy food, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, yogurt's really good for you. Yogurt's really great. Some yogurt is really good. Some. Most yogurt, the sugar content is as much as a piece of fruit, if not more. Amen. <laughs> and, and people just, but I'm eating healthy. I'm eating yogurt. Are you really? And then, then you have the other caveat is I'm eating yogurt. It's the low fat kind. It's the low sugar kind, but it's got aspartame in it. And what is aspartame? Right. It's, not it's nonsense. It's, it's yeah. not healthy for you whatsoever. You know, I just recently at 47, the... De developed a serious whey allergy that so I can't eat dairy anymore, which is is just awful because I love my yogurt and uh, yogurt and oatmeal. Uh, I would basically just in a in a glass jar put um, oatmeal and then just plain old really healthy yogurt and wake up in the morning and have it was ugh, just wonderful. But I can't do any of that. And I was looking for substitutes in, in terms of soy or cashew, and they all are just loaded with sugar. It's just nonsense. Actually, I found one today that is, it is so delicious. It's an unsweetened vanilla that has one gram of sugar, and it's made with coconut milk. What's the, uh, the uh, brand? And I'll go check it out. So delicious. So delicious. Cool. Thank you. Because I, I love my yogurt. I, I just, yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, uh, what I am hoping is that folks begin to wake up to what the science says, because it's the science is really how we're going to make things better. 
And we don't claim that our science is uh, written in stone. We don't claim that our biotypes are written in stone. We had to start somewhere and break things down and get, you know, start somewhere. But science is always evolving. It as new data, new evidence and facts roll in, we are always open to changing our our mind and changing our resources up on our website. But the, if we're if we're not going to follow the science. It, then we're not going to see things get any, any, any better. So up on our website, you can take our scientific biotype quiz. You can, you can use our scientific weight loss diary. We have a basic and an advanced. The advanced comes with access to our ask gnosis section, which is our, um, our expert science-based diet exercise and lifestyle team of which I basically edit all of the comments that that come through asknosis so you're basically talking with me um, but we do have uh, diet and um, exercise pros who will come in uh, yada yada anyways um, you can use those um, our our weight loss diary is not in competition with my fitness pal or calorie king or the apple health app all those work wonderfully symbolically in harmony with our our uh, diary. The point of our diary is to hold people accountable. You can use a pen name. Uh, you There are no um, face images uh, in terms of the biotype quiz so that you can maintain your, your privacy and security. But the, the idea is, is it's a place where you can track everything in terms of your scientific diet exercise and lifestyle data. You can invite your friends and family, your, your trainer or dietitian. Everyone can track your data there and, and, and encourage your actual progress, yada, yada, so that you can actually scientifically watch your body change over time and understand it. And once you have lost that weight, if you don't look like a biotype one, you can understand why. And you're not you know, trying to starve your body or trying to do crazy things so that you can look like a biotype one, like they're doing up on social media, you can just accept your body for what it is, especially once you're down within your safe BMI weight range, like I am, and I have come to accept my body as it is, um, so that you can actually be healthy, we can all be healthier, and hopefully overcome this obesity epidemic, and in general, the global health crisis that we're dealing, because there's also the mental health crisis with young people, yada, yada, and all of it stems from a general lack of understanding, lack of knowledge, and that's what science does, is it helps bring forward the knowledge so that we can all make better choices in our life. Well, and, and something I want to talk to you about is the, you know, you're talking about social media and the, the young people that it affects as far as weight. And the thing is, even before social media, as a woman, a young girl in the 80s, you were presented with fashion magazines and, you, and ideals of what you're supposed to look like. Right. So, I mean, even before social media, I mean, even before me, I'm sure back in the 50s and 60s, you were supposed to look a certain way, especially if you're a woman. And this is why, this is why I think we have such the diet culture we do too. I mean, I, I, I kind of applaud some of the ladies that are a little bit more curvaceous now that are willing to put themselves on social media and say, this is me, like it or not. And I mean, I know that they may not be healthy for some people and that's fine, but they're willing to accept themselves. And I think that's a huge, huge thing. It is. Accepting that's, yourself. Amen. And that's what we are striving for. And the, the only thing that I would say on that is... Uh, 
that uh, the body positive movement we support, but we don't want people to use it as a way to say that obesity is normal and to normalize the disease of obesity. So there's a fine line that we are walking there. We want people to realize that not everyone is a bi type one. I'm not, I wish I was, I'm not, and it just is what it is. But I also didn't say, well, like so many of my family members who were like, well, this is just how this God me. made me. Yeah. I can't do anything about it. So now they're three, four, 500 pounds, which is not healthy whatsoever, no. which directly affects healthcare costs and the healthcare system, yada, yada, yada. There's got to be a balance. So right. we, we won't tolerate fat shaming, trolling, hating, or bullying uh, of any kind. None of that helps anyone. And if you're doing it, please stop. On the other hand, I've been out on, on social media and I have been bullied and trolled by the body positive movement because they refuse to actually look at our science and realize that what we're talking about is not, we're not judging bodies by saying, if you're not a body type one, you're no good. If you're a body type two, you're not as good as body type one. We're not saying any of that. We're simply bringing forward the scientific knowledge so that you can understand what your real body type is. But instead, when we go out on social media, we get trolled literally, honestly, just as hard by the body positive movement as the body positive, as the body positive movement claims that they're being trolled by all the, all the folks who say that your body should be a, a, a body type one. So there's this hypocrisy that's going on, and it's simply all stems from a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding of what is and what isn't. That's what we're trying to do is clarify that with science. Well, and, and that's one thing about social media. Everybody, everybody can be a bully with a tro- with a keyboard. We don't have right. to give an icon. We don't have to say <laughs> our name. We can just troll you and say whatever we want. Um, I got trolled once when I was doing a live podcast because apparently I had a filter on because my skin looked like I had a filter on. And I'm like, I do not have a filter. So somebody started a co- this in the comments and this grew in the comments about whether <laughs> I had a filter on or not. I'm like, I have no filter. It's lighting and makeup folks. Yeah. And it's just, it's the empowerment of it. And I understand what you're saying because while the body pod- positive movement is great and I'm not being a hypocrite folks. I think it's great that women can finally say, this is who I am and I accept me for who I am. That being said, being an older person, I also understand the ramifications of health issues. Yeah. And my husband, who will be gone two years this week, he was diagnosed type one diabetic when he was 19. Oh, and wow. he was proud. He, he lost a hundred pounds. He did really good. And he met somebody, a guy who he worked with. Who's like, Oh, you want a donut? I'll teach you how to get, eat that donut and still work your sugars. My husband would tell you if he were still alive today that he was the poster boy for a bad diabetic. And I went through, and, and I, I'm going to say this because this is important for people that are thinking, well, sugar's not that bad. Poster boy for a bad diabetic. He had three retinary reattachments. He had a quadruple bypass. He did not lose any limbs, but he had hammer toe surgery on both his toe, both of his feet. So his toes were, could never bend again. Um, he had dialysis he was on several times i mean he had seven stents for his heart before and then he had the quadruple bypass and then he got some more stents so plus he had he was on bipap so he had sleep apnea and i mean then he had a stroke in his eye and i'm i'm sure i'm forgetting something here yeah but my my whole point is 
was that donut worth it? Was it worth it? And, and, and I, I have given up, I gave up sugar a decade ago. Uh, I, I, I've given up so much in my life to be healthy because I believe that being healthy is one of the only things that we humans truly own is, is our health. And to be honest with you, I actually am sort of the poster child for being too healthy for not living the rule of moderation. Cause I was, I was doing a low sodium diet of about a thousand milligrams a day. And I was doing a really heart healthy diet and my blood pressure got down to 90 over 50, which is too low. Yeah. Right. He had that too. He had that too. So right. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. and so what I'm getting at is that it's moderation. You've got to find a balance in your life. And I'm now finding my way back to a state of balance to where like I said, I went down and I had a fast food burger the other day and, and I broke my, my fast food fast because it's about balance. It's about living life and allowing yourself you know, the pleasures of life, but realizing that most of your diet is going to stem from a healthy diet. It's going to, to, to likely be, you know, we push the blue zone Mediterranean diet because there's a lot of science that backs it up. It's a heavy vegetarian focused diet, uh, but you can still eat meat. You can still... Uh, eat the things that, that, that you want. It's just a lot less in terms of refined foods, processed foods, junk foods, and fast foods, yada, yada. So, but that's life. And, and if, if we want to make our life as, as good as we can, then we start with our health. And the way that we start with our health is we have to understand what is our body type? What are our genes? And what is the best diet, exercise, and lifestyle for that biotype? And the only way that we can do that is by actually. Understanding that out there, and not a single one of them. It was me. It was my internet. Oh, no, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you were talking, you froze and, and I just, I'm sorry. No, oh, sorry. it's not your fault. It's my, it's the internet. So you were talking about that. You had to find balance and yeah. that the, that each program has to be for a different, you know, it has to be tailored to you. It does. And the, and the only way that it can really be tailored for you is if you can really understand what your body type is, right? I mean, uh, to, to understand my own diet, first I had to understand uh, I've got all this skinny fat all over my body. What does that mean? It means that I have a, that my metabolism is negatively affected because with a lack of muscle mass and not burning as many calories daily. So I, I need to reevaluate my standard BMR calculations. And, you know, so we up on the site in terms of our scientific biotype quiz, we, we offer the standard BMR, but we also offer the adjusted BMR. So you can get a better sense of the skinny fat that is on your body so that you can uh, eat the, uh, the 
amount of calories that are likely more accurate relative to your specific body type. Now, that being said, I'll be honest, I have never, ever, ever counted calories, ever. I just had a, a general sense of I would look at my meals during the day and I would make sure that they were as packed full of fruits and vegetables as possible, right? Keeping the sugar as low as possible, keeping the fiber as high as possible, because that's what we're really looking for is we're, uh, what the science really says nowadays that a low carb diet is really where it's at. And, and the actual bullseye that the most recent studies have shown is at 37 grams of carbs per day. And so in terms of getting those 37 grams, most of it needs to be fiber. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's a tough thing. And, and this is in the process of losing weight. Once you've lost the, the actual weight, you can uh, tweak that as needed. But in the process of, of losing weight, if you do lower carbs, then you're forcing your body to burn the fat that's on it. And of course, using the calories that you are consuming daily. But even then, the body will have a tendency to burn more fat if you're if the calories that you are consuming are high quality lean meats and high quality fats like olive oil and flax oil then again the body will be forced to burn the fat on your body and, and the science really does back this up uh, and, of, and of course once you get down to 37 grams of carbs a day you're you are really into a keto diet uh, so you can call it whatever you want. I usually just stick with a low carb diet because the keto diet, when I think of the keto diet, I think of uh, more of a high fat diet and my body just doesn't do well with high fat. Well, so and let's be honest, before it was keto, it could have been called Atkins. Oh, <laughs> may have lost you again. That's okay. Uh, are you still there? You were there and now you're not. Wonder if that's me. No, it's I don't know who it is. You're the, are you there now? I am. Okay. What I was gonna say is it's my internet. I can see it says your internet connection is unstable. Um Atkins was keto before keto right. was cool. You know, right. I mean, we're just right. and it's like there's a certain diet plan I will not mention. I was on that for a while, and yes, I did lose weight. But the, the whole fact of the matter, it's not sustainable because chicken still has calories to it. A chicken breast still sure. has calories, even though we're saying it's doesn't. So you know, you can't you can't live like that. And and again, what the 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 most recent science shows that counting calories really is not where it's at. Keeping calories at a deficit really isn't where it's at because the human body will go into So don't count calories. Don't do a calorie deficit. Stick with a low carb diet and allow the body to, to refocus its efforts in terms of burning the fat that it already has on it so that you can lose that weight. Once you've lost that weight, then it will be a process of figuring out, you know, do I stick with this low carb diet or can I add 
more carbs, yada, yada, but it's a process. And uh, so there are all these diets out there. And I, I personally have, uh, have tried every diet under the sun. And what that led me to was hating diets, right? Cause they just, I just don't find a lot of, uh, of, of value in the diet itself. What I find value in is the actual nutrients. So understanding the macronutrients and the micronutrients, the proteins and the fats and the carbohydrates, now, and the vitamins and the minerals and the antioxidants. And then once you understand all that, then it's essentially figuring out meals during the day that you really enjoy that are based on as much vegetarian uh, uh, focus as, 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 as possible. But I, I, I'm not, I did a, a vegan diet for a while. I did a vegetarian diet. Neither of them worked well for, for, for my body. I do a lot of vegetables and I still do a little bit of red meat and I do um, a lot of chicken. Um, so anyways, uh, the diet culture here in this country and probably worldwide, but I, I'm more versed in it in this country is out of control. And there's a lot of people who say we need to, to get rid of the term diet. And I don't think that that's necessarily the solution either. It's just understanding the diet that you choose to actually eat should really be based on the macro and micronutrients and the type of food, the quality of the food that you are choosing to eat. And then that's right for you. That's going to, right. because, you know, there's certain things we'll go back to the thyroid issue. There's certain vegetables. Now that's, this is, this is the old, the old conversation of even with the eggs, even with eggs. Because one study says eggs are great for you. The next study right. says eggs are not. That's Same right. thing with thyroid. <laughs> you should avoid nightshades. Oh, well, no, you can have nightshades. Oh, no, <laughs> you shouldn't. You really, what it comes down to is sometimes your body does not react well with certain foods. Corn is a, is a good inflammation raiser for a lot of people, but yet it's almost in everything we eat. Yeah, right. Right. And that's, it's work to figure out the diet that works best for you. And that's one of the hurdles that we have faced. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here now. Okay. You were talking so, about one of the hurdles you had faced. Yeah. So it's basically, you know, it's work. This is work. There is no magic pill. There is no one diet that, that, that fits everyone. And so it's why we have, if you go up on our site and go to our store, you can see our scientific weight loss program. And we have a full list of, of all the diets there from uh, just a, a vegetarian omnivore down to Atkins, down to paleo, whatever. They're all there because what we're encouraging is a low carb diet, especially if you are losing weight. But even then there are some people who just, I don't want to do a low carb. Fine. You can do whatever you want. The idea is to actually see real results. It's why you can track everything in our diary and you can actually see it all unfold. You can see all your diary entries. You can see your your actual weight and your actual images and everything day to, to day as it passes, you, know, you can see your actual progress. But we're not pushing one specific diet over the other necessarily because, as you just said, it's really specific to the individual. And uh, 
eggs, as you just said, I, I actually started doing eggs again in my diet, even though I've in the last week I've read three studies that one says that they're great and the other says that that, that they're not and the and the and, and the third it didn't really know. So I, I don't really know anymore. I do know that I was watching CNN the other day and there was this 115 year old woman on there and she's eaten three eggs every day of her life for 115 years and she's lived to 115. So but whatever. See, that also goes back to your genetics because when you're talking about cholesterol, that is a genetic yeah, thing. It is. And nobody much. really knows, knows that. They're always like, well, cholesterol is based on this. Now, my dad used to put take a steak and then put butter on it and his cholesterol was just fine. Yeah, right on. So, I mean, it all depends on your body and how you you handle things. One thing I will say, and I know I was on a low fat diet back when I was in my early twenties. And then I decided to go off of that. And I had a high fat burger and I will say I had a gallbladder reaction. And that's something that a lot of people don't talk about, especially like gastric bypass, people lose a lot of weight and then they end up having gallbladder issues because if you slip and have that high fat, your body doesn't know how to react anymore. Right. I definitely cannot do high fat because my gallbladder will just scream. Mm -hmm. it, it, it does not like it whatsoever. But I've learned that over the years. Uh, You've learned that over the years. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I basically just have learned that putting in the work to figure out what works for your body in terms of the food that, that you eat is where it's at. That's what it's really all about. Stop being lazy, please. There's, I was just up on Facebook prior to joining your show. And all there are is folks up there who are looking for some sort of quick fix, a pill, anything so that they can lose weight really quickly. And that's, that's not how it works. There is no pill. There will never be a pill that helps you lose weight safely. It may help you lose weight, but you're going to find that there are these terrible, yada, yada, yada. Please just do the work. And that's, again, it's one more reason why we built the Scientific Weight Loss Diaries, because it's a place where we know it's work. We know that it's not a lot of fun sometimes, but it, but that, that that's just the nature of it. If you can at least track it all in one place and invite your friends and family and they can come on and they can encourage you, you know, and see your actual progress, you know, then you can at least realize that you are making progress and yada, yada, so that it hopefully makes it worthwhile. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I thank you, Mark, for coming on to a very insightful conversation. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention? Oh, I think I, I mentioned our scientific biotype quiz and the weight loss diary up on the, up on the site. Uh, there is a book. Um, uh, it's called Overprivileged White Guy. And I named it that. I realized that it's a bit of a, 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 a risque name, but I, I couldn't imagine being born in, in a biotype four like I was. When I left home and got out into the world, I, I had no sense of how privileged I really was as a, as, as a, a white dude. And I couldn't imagine how much more difficult my life would have been had I not been a white dude. So that's why I named it the name that I named it. But it, it's actually 
the story of my journey. Uh, it's not, it, it talks about the science, but it's not written in boring science jargon. It, it, it's actually written in novel format. So you can understand, you know, how I came to the science, yada, yada. Um, so that's up on the site. And then of course you can find us up on social media. Um, we, we have uh, two different types of accounts. There's the, the four by types, uh, which we're basically just, talking about all the science relevant to, but then we also have a few ask gnosis accounts, I believe up on Twitter and Facebook. So if you, uh, if you don't have the, the, if you don't have the, Sorry. If you don't have the resources to buy the advanced weight loss diary or even do a single credit for the, for the asknosis, you can go up on social media, up on Twitter or Facebook, and you can ask us questions there. Just please keep in mind that we are very busy and uh, we'll get to as many as we can, but it, it is a place where you can go and ask uh, science-based diet exercise and lifestyle questions to our expert support team. Uh, so yeah, so thank you very much for having me on the show. Thank you for coming.